Can you sing of the goodness of God? Amen. The goodness of God. Hallelujah. His goodness is running after. It's running. We could have got into that then. That's all we would have done. It goes on to say his goodness is running after. It's running after me. Remember, surely in goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. Come on, don't make me finish it alone. They're your bodyguards. That's why it's running after you. Wherever you go, goodness and mercy shall follow. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why it might look like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by, I know you all are spaced out today. Lord, have mercy. I should have made you all like, it might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Why? Because goodness and mercy shall follow me. So often we see what the enemy would like us to see or what our natural mind would like us to see. Amen. And what's easy to see, but it, it requires faith sometimes to uh, recall and to remember, to, to refresh ourselves and our, the, the depths of our spirit even that, that goodness and mercy follow us. Hallelujah. Uh, it's been a season of just having to force through thoughts and force through uh, attacks of the enemy. Boy, this has been, this was a week, man, I'll tell you. And if you're not going through it, then, then just hang on. I am. I, I think I'm going through it for all of you or something. Uh, but nonetheless, I have to keep reminding myself, surely goodness and mercy that it might uh, it may look like that we're surrounded come on but we're surrounded by him that that even when we sang that all will see how great is our god that you and i have to remember and believe and stand firm that stand still and see the salvation of the lord amen that that often it is in the the, the heated moment that we're not going to see the goodness of god but maybe it's not in that moment that our enemies are going to be shocked by by what god is doing but there will come a time when when god will reveal himself amen we're, we're, that's why the bible says that he prepares a a place for you in the presence of our enemies it means they have to watch you and i get blessed whatever the enemy has done to you and i dr frank whatever the enemy has done in our life the enemy and every enemy we have has to sit and watch God bless us, has to sit and watch God restore us. Come on, that, that all of hell has to watch you and I rebuild our lives. Amen. Every demon that ever tried to attack you and I or torment us or destroy us gets to front row seat and watch God bless and rebuild my life. Amen. It gets to, gets to watch him be blessed and Dr. Frank's life rebuild. Are you hearing me? Every person that ever talked about him, every person that ever ridiculed he or I, every person that ever ridiculed Scott or judged Scott or somebody hearing what I'm saying that every, every any enemy of yours not just the enemy in the presence of my enemies meaning more than one every person Pastor Donnie said one of the neighbors said a lot of good things I said well that's great I said that makes somebody at least there's one person that's because I'm used to everybody talking but you hear me every person that ever ran their mouth about you every person in your family that they smile and say they love you with a knife in your back come on e every neighbor every whatever it may be every church person that said they loved you but really didn't like you amen there they God is preparing you a place at his table in the presence of your enemies they get to watch you get blessed they get to watch God do in your life what he promised and so 
so you, you just have to hang on and realize it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You've prepared a place for me in the presence of my enemies. So God, I will praise you and I will bless you anyhow. Hallelujah. That I, I'm going to lift up a banner of praise anyhow. That God, I have to find, I have to stay in my secret place. Pastor Michelle knows what I'm talking about, that sometimes we have to get into our secret place, a, a place where it is only where I can get to, where it is away from you. Somebody said, would you cancel Tuesday night for none of your business? Because I needed a secret place. That's why. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes uh, I looked at Donnie. I said, Pastor, I'm going to tell you, it'd be ugly if I go. I said, I'm not going to ask you to go, and I'm not going to dare ask anybody else to teach this last minute. I said, would you please? He said, sure, we'll, we'll just cancel it because I needed a secret place. Sometimes when you're in the heat of the battle, sometimes you have to just get armored up. Amen. Oh, I know everybody says, well, you should already have the armor on. Yeah, you should. And yet sometimes we can go along and forget the armor or sometimes an attack can come out of nowhere and you don't realize, you don't recognize, on and on and on. Nonetheless, I'm just trying to take a moment to remind you today. Let's not look at what we see with our natural eye. Come on. Let's look with the eye of faith in all areas of our life. And everything that you're facing right now, whatever you're going through, what we'll endure this week, what we're seeing uh, going on in our lives and circumstances today, thank you, Jesus, that we're surrounded by him. Hallelujah. Because he's in the room. In the room. That was, I think, a year ago I preached that message I saw, I think. In the room. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. You're all looking at me like you're waiting on me to preach. Waiting on something. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jesus. Well. Glory to God. Yes. Praise the name of the Lord. It might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes. Praise God. Mm -hmm. I didn't get through very much last Sunday of what I had planned on out of Nehemiah 4. I'm thinking that we might go there. That's been the plan all along. But now that I'm in the thread of what I'm in the thread of, I don't know. Hallelujah. Lord, what are you doing? Don't change it on me now. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. <sighs> Pastor Michelle's got a word. It's good to see Cynthia back. Recovered and well. Angela will be soon. We're glad of that. Hallelujah. A lot of people going through some things this morning. Harley's sick. And Don and Dean are dealing with a family situation. Teresa hurt Austin and them are as well. I mean, you know, it might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Amen. We're surrounded by him. Thank you, Lord. Even the message last week when we were preaching about Nehemiah, 
it, it looked as though Nehemiah was getting surrounded, talked about by his enemies, but really he was surrounded by God because he, he was walking in favor. Hallelujah. Walking in obedience. So I'm surrounded by you, Lord. What did we say last week? I'm burnt, but I'm building. I think I asked you the question as we started last week. How many of you ever asked the question, who me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. Then who? That's right. See, some of y'all remember. Don't y'all be quiet because it's a late summer Sunday in church and lots of people are missing today. Listen, y'all, I need your feedback today and your help. Stay awake, stay alert. Hallelujah. If you were up watching the Steeler game and it tired you out, and you gave, if you gave that Steeler game more effort than you did God this morning, shame on you. You should be repenting right now. Amen? I'll tell you how much attention I gave it. None. None. That's why. Amen? Hallelujah. Somebody asked mom how much attention she gave the game. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Glory to God. I think we're going to look at Nehemiah 4. I think we'll. Because it's going to go right together. Unless Pastor Michelle or, or, or Scott, you somebody has a word they, they need to share. I don't want to interrupt. What would you say? Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Last week we were talking, dealing with Nehemiah. And I just want to try to get through some of the things that we couldn't cover. So I'll do my best. I can't go back and cover if you happen to miss it. Uh, so go back and watch it. It should still be available. Or the podcast is at least out there for free you can listen to. Um, but laid a good foundation of Nehemiah. I'm going to reread these four verses just to bring us right where we need to be today. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. And I won't preach long for you today. I'm not lying. Preacher won't lie in the pulpit. Right. Amen. Nehemiah 4, 1 through 4. What? Look at this. Speak to us, O God, today. Remember I told you Nehemiah is one of the greatest leadership books there are available. Whether you're a leader at work or wherever, 90% of the material I teach about leadership comes out of the book of Nehemiah. But it so happened, verse 1, when Sambalat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Listen to that again. Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It, it might look like it's, 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 uh, I'm surrounded by rubbish, but I'm really surrounded by you. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Verse 3, now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, whatever they build, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. 
That's just like when anybody judges anything you do. They don't know you, but they have a lot to say. Whatever they do. Or I know them. I know what they're about. Whatever they do, right? They, they always make a judgment. That's what they were doing. They, they, they said even, even a fox, a slight wind goes up on it. It's going to collapse. Verse 4, hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn the reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Oh, Lord. We'll stop there because we're going to cover some of the additional part of the text throughout the remainder of this teaching today that we started last week. I'm burnt, but I'm building. Or who me or whatever message that we'd want to give it. Uh, burnt, but building. I want, I want to complete it today because uh, we got to some good parts, but there's, there's some greatness about the text um, that we talked about. And, and just briefly, last week when we, when we uh, began this, I said that there are some fights that will knock the fight right out of you, if you remember. There are some fights that will knock the fight right out of you. Amen. And I think that's appropriate for the time maybe that we're in and some of the things that we're dealing with. The theme of even our worship today wasn't made up that way just because of me, but because of, of things that people are facing, circumstance and situations that it can look like we're surrounded, but really we're surrounded by him. That, that there are some fights that we'll encounter that, that will attempt to knock the fight right out of us, that we, we want to just give up. How many have ever come across trying to do one thing and you say, oh, just forget it, I quit? Right? You can be just trying to fix something in the house. Hallelujah. And, and you end up breaking it, right? I gave you the example. I won't tell on myself again, but I broke a, a, a device used for cleaning, right, remember? And broke it into pieces, right? And so why? I broke it and I busted it. Why? Because I told you last week, because I was sick of it not working. And so I said, oh, just forget it, you worthless thing, right? And so uh, we get to that point. And so sometimes the battles or the fights that we face, they attempt to knock the fight right out of us. It can come in, in the smallest of ways. Haven't you ever noticed that even with a vacuum? A vacuum don't work. Sometimes it's something else that we're dealing with. It comes in the smallest. It's not even all the big things. You know what I've noticed in my life? Sometimes it's the small, what you would almost think insignificant things. It's the thing like a vacuum that will send me over the edge when it's not working. It's, it's not that it's the biggest fight that I'm, I'm encountering, but when you are weighted down and distracted by other fights, sometimes when a vacuum isn't working, it's all that it will take to throw you over the edge and to cause you to lose the, lose the fight within you that you need to fight the fight. Is somebody hearing me? That's what's going on in our text. Tobiah and Sambalat were, were breathing and saying all kinds of things about Nehemiah to Nehemiah. And what's interesting, and we'll get into this, is they were even saying things about Nehemiah and his plans to rebuild the wall out of the rubbish and, and the burnt stones, right? And notice that the, the Bible in the text says that Tobiah and Sambalat were specifically talking and making sure they were saying what they were saying to people they knew would carry it back to Nehemiah. I think somebody said they think they know people like that. How many of you know people that you know? Oh, come on. If you ever want to just stir something up, anybody else like me? Oh, don't, don't look at me like that. Where, where you just know if you say something, it's going to get back where it needs to go. 
There's sometimes I can deal with a problem, not even directly. All I got to do is send word. And you know, if you tell the right person that the word will get through, symbolic to buy it, we're making sure they were talking to the right people who were going to go back and, and chit chat and make sure that they, they relayed the message. Are you here? That they were a messenger of Satan. There are people in your life that they are really nothing more than a messenger of sin. Oh, hallelujah, where they bring you the news. It's news you don't, I don't need to know what people are saying about me. I don't need to know what people's opinions are of you or me or the church or whether they like the sermon or not. That, those things are unimportant to me because the way I look at it is when you share your opinion, feel free, you better know my opinion's coming your way. And, and if you think your opinion's okay to share with me, you probably won't think that mine is okay to share with you. You hoochie mama thing you. Are you hearing me? Because the reality is, is that sometimes people think it's okay to tell you what they think and their opinion, but they are at all not prepared. They think because you and I are good Christian people, we're supposed to mums the word. Oh, no. No, no, the moment that you bring your lips to me, my ears, lets me know it's safe for me to release my lips over yours. Are you hearing me? And so I've recognized them as a devil. So sometimes the only way you can chase a devil off is with your mouth. You have to open up your mouth and say something. Amen. Sometimes it's I rebuke you. Sometimes it might be just putting them on the run with something else. Are you hearing me? But you and I need to recognize the people in our lives that are always carrying things to you that are distractions and, 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 and methods of destruction. They were trying to bring intimidation to Nehemiah and his plans to rebuild a wall around a city and yet bring safety and security to a people that hadn't had it for a while. How many of you know that, that uh, th that's why the Bible says a people without a vision perish? That's why it's so important that as churches and individuals that you and I have visions, the enemy wants to be able to attack your vision to think that whatever you're planning. I was talking to somebody late last night about, about goals, and I said, if you don't have any goals, all you are ever going to be is what you are right now. I said, but I have goals for more. I said, there's going to be a helipad, but I was going through it all. You know, of all my goals, and I, you're all laughing. My flying lessons start in October. Right? Watch. Listen, why? Because I have goals. There are things that I want to meet and do in this life. Are you hearing me? And so if I allow the opinions of people, it will intimidate me to, to stay and live in a small life. The life that we are living is often much smaller than the life that God intends for us to live, right? And it will be if you'll listen to the voices of your symbolics and your Tobias in your life that are always saying something about you, where you're going, what you're doing, judging your house, judging your car, judging your attitude, judging your lips, judging your hips, judging all of the things, are you hearing me, that, that you and I are a part of, and everything they say, and then, but beyond your symbolics and your Tobias, what you really need to look at is the people that are closer to you, that are telling you what your symbolics and Tobias are saying. Let me throw this in there. I wasn't planning to say this. I've learned to recognize people who are friends with my enemies, and I mark them. In my mind, and I watch them. Or somebody hear me? How many of you know? I know some of you are saying, well, the right things to do is just, I love them. Just because I love someone, or you hear me, 
it, it, it just means you don't give uh, people who are friends with both you and your enemies total access. I will never be total honest with some, and totally transparent with someone who is friends with me and someone and their friends with someone who's out to destroy me. Are you hearing me? Because the minute I let you into my life like that, now you're just, you're, you're just one of those people in Nehemiah's life. You're a carrier. And so you are the, you are the means and the, the, a method and a weapon of mass destruction for my life. So things that I shouldn't and don't need to hear, you're a carrier now. Is somebody hearing me? I've learned those that are the closest friends of mine, you're going to make a decision. Either you were on my side or you were on their, somebody agreeing with me today and hearing what I'm saying. Look through Scripture and you will find it is necessary that you and I have covenant relationships, meaning those are people that you can trust with your life, that they, they could be the one that's going to sign off whether they're going to pull my life support or leave it. Are you hearing me? You need to have people in your life, in your church, yes, and even in your family that you could trust. There have to be people in your life outside of your blood that you can trust with your life. That they know you well enough, they know what you would want even if you're not there. I've always said that about leadership. When there are people that are standing in my, in my absence, the reason they're standing in my absence preaching is because I believe that they know what I would do in a situation even if I was dead or I was killed that night or if it was a situation they couldn't contact me. I believe that they're standing in my absence because I know they would do what I would do or as close there to it as they could. You hearing what I'm saying? It means you trust them that much. In other words, I don't leave my house unlocked for just nobody. Not just nobody knows where my key is or do I give my key up or my key to my car. Or that I, I let borrow things that get broken. <laughs> but you, you hand out things, why? Because you trust them. That it'll be returned in better condition than it came back. Or is somebody hearing what I'm saying? That's wisdom. Nehemiah had around him, and he had asserted what we started touching on last week is the way that they began to, to assign families to the low points of the wall was he was saying, I recognize that there are some weak places in, in the security of the city. And so because there's weak places... I'm going to make sure that there are people there that I can trust to respond in the same manner that, that I hope to respond. And that's when I introduced to you near the end of the service that they were fighting with a, a leadership message I preached at a conference once, a shovel and a sword. That there were people in the families that the wife maybe was fighting and was working with a shovel while, while the husband was fighting with the sword. In other words, they could still fight and yet do the work at the same time. Because this is where we often go wrong. This is where I found myself even recently is that when the battle intensifies, all you're able to really focus on is the battle. When, when you don't have enough support up under you and around you, it takes all of your effort to fight against what's fighting you. Remember just a few moments ago, I said there are some fights that they come to knock the fight right out of you that you won't get back up from this one. Has anybody else gone through a season? I know what those seasons are like. I went through one in 2017. It was a, it was a fight that I felt like I'm never going to get back up from this thing. 
never going to be able to recover from this thing. Hallelujah. And yet, and yet, and yet you're able to. God wants you and I to be so networked and so set up, especially in the body of Christ in our local church, that, that we are a people that when the fight comes, that we're prepared, that when, when we're enduring something, as we were singing earlier, that when it looks like I'm surrounded, I, it may look like to me that I'm fully surrounded, but that everybody else in the church can say, but, but we're surrounded by you. God, amen, and, and that you and I will join arms and that you'll be assigned at the low points of the wall. Am I making sense to anybody? And that you're going to say whether the fight intensifies or the enemy runs the other way, we're going to fight with a shovel on one hand and a sword in the other. Hallelujah, because we're going to keep working while we fight. And those that need to fight will fight, and those that need to get some work done going to get some work done. Hallelujah, somebody. Meaning the same time, sometimes that has to happen even in our marriage, that sometimes something will happen in our relationships or in our families where we are, we are at war and we're fighting and we're trying to fight this thing together but the truth is one of you is a fighter and the other one is a worker haven't you ever noticed that sometimes you have a you'll take a few steps forward in relationships and a few steps backwards it's because you're both trying to be the builder and the battle and yet one of you has to deal with the battle and the other one has to be the builder come on somebody when both of y'all are trying to be the builder, Bob the builder, and, and the one in the battle at the same time, you're, you're, you're letting go of one thing. You're not focusing on building while you're battling. Are, am I making any sense at all? Because I've just thrown my notes out the door because I'm just going to give up at this point because I'm just going to share with you what I believe the Lord wants you to hear. We, we go through these seasons where, where, where we're battling in all types of ways, but if, if both people in a marriage or a relationship or everybody in the church or everybody in leadership stops building and advancing the ministry and the kingdom so that we can all go to battle, then we stop building anything to go back to. Then, then, then fighting becomes the, 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 the thing that takes our focus. And then all we do is move from one battle to the next. But see, when we'll pair off and we'll say, me and these three, we're going to focus on the fight. And you and the other three, you guys are going to keep doing the building. If we do that in the course of a marriage, if the husband says, I'm going to go to, to battle spiritually, I'm going to labor and I'm going to fast. That's part of battling on behalf of our marriage and our family. But honey, I need you to keep building, keep organizing, keep orchestrating. You maintain the contact with, with our, our, our kid that's causing us trouble or whatever it is. You keep managing what we're building. Is somebody hear me? Then we're building and we're battling together. Church, that's what we have to do even as, as a people in the body of Christ, in your family, in your marriage. If you're single and you're saying, well, how do you build and you battle? That's why you got to have people that you trust beyond all measure in your life that you can confide in that you can be real with that you can you can you, you can trust them with the deepest darkest secrets of your life that they can be praying on your behalf while you're still building amen somebody that's just good plain teaching for you today hallelujah the enemy comes just to knock the fight right out of you but god but god but god amen hallelujah thank you jesus Hallelujah. But God, you, you, you need to recognize something about those people who are, who are whisperers. The Bible says, isn't it in the book of Proverbs, that a whisperer separates chief friends. Is it Proverbs? I believe it is. 
a whisperer separates chief friends. You need to recognize those whisperers in your life. I'm going to say that again because it's important to some. You need to rec- recognize those people who are always carrying the juicy details of somebody else to you because they're also probably carrying your juicy details. Listen, because that is the exact way the enemy is using those people to keep you captive. And he needs you to hear those words so you can hear what other people are saying about you. That's what's important to remember about Nehemiah. Simbalat and Tobiah needed Nehemiah to hear what they were saying. So they were saying words that even if a fox climbs on that wall, it's going to fall to the ground. Meaning, wanting him to believe and start doubting in his plans and his purposes. Wanting him to doubt in his vision. Because without vision, people perish. Because the enemy wants you to second guess yourself and what you believe you're doing is right. And what you believe you're building. And what you believe is preoccupying. He wants you to begin to to doubt what you and I are, are trying to accomplish in our life. And so your enemies, the enemy, even Satan himself, needs you to hear the whispers of what other people are saying about you. Hallelujah. But Nehemiah... According to, if we read through the full story, I don't have time to go through the full thing. But Nehemiah was a man of prayer. And Nehemiah had a plan. He had a plan in place. And because he was a man in prayer, he, he didn't have all the answers. As we read through what I understand about Nehemiah, this is why I like him as a leader, is he didn't have all of the answers, but he knew where to take his questions. This is what you and I need to know in a time where we have a lot of questions and there's a lot of things that we have to be praying about. You and I don't need to be worrying about what comes across the news. I walked in the house last night and I left my TV running for the sake of my dog because it keeps him company. And, 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 and uh, it was on the news and I was just, oh, I immediately said out loud, oh God, I can't handle any more of that. Turn that off. I thought, no wonder my dog Dingo is depressed. He's constantly, he was left all day to listen to the news, right? Imagine what you and I would be like. Are you hearing me? You, you, you and I, we may not have all of the answers to questions, but you need to know where to take your questions. Remember on Tuesday nights, I said that you and I have an earthly license for heavenly interference. That's what prayer is. And so you and I need to know, even if I don't have all of the answers to all of my questions, I know where to go with my questions. God is a big enough God that you and I can go to him and say, God, I don't understand. How many of you have had things happen in your life and you're like, God, where are you? I thought you were going to respond differently and you didn't. It is not a lack of faith for you to question God. I've heard a lot of people preach that God is big enough for you to take your questions to him. He's not looking you and saying, oh, you have little faith. Even his disciples ask him questions. Are you, are you, some call you the Christ. Who are you? You know, they took many, many questions to him and he didn't rebuke them for those questions. No, he's big enough. He's a big enough God for you and I to take our questions to him and he will reveal, reveal the answers. You, 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 you and I have to find comfort in knowing that where we need to go, you have an earthly license for heavenly interference and that is your life of prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because we're builders. We're builders. And the only reason that the enemy tries to insult you and I with a whisperer sending word to you about you is because, haven't you ever noticed why you hear the things that you hear that people say about you? 
I said, you know, certain people, they're carriers, right? But the reason the enemy wants you to hear certain things is because some of you who can't identify with what I'm talking about, it's just because you're not really a builder. Maybe you're more of a fighter. That's one of the ways you can identify, am I a fighter or am I a builder? Meaning that you're a fighter that if someone attacks you or your kid, you're pulling off your earrings, you're getting the Vaseline and the razor blades and you're going in. Are you hearing me? Some of you would do that. Hallelujah, right? Then others of you are more of a builder. You say, oh, I'm not really much of a fighter. I'll just let people talk. Well, then that's because you're a builder. It don't, it don't phase you at all. You have a different personality. It just means you can keep working. But be careful now. Fighters don't go tell the builders what you heard. Because you'll distract the builder from them making accomplishments. Are you hearing me? That's why people say, well, I'm just honest in my marriage. Yeah, honesty doesn't mean you always tell everything. Because I've learned, no, no, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. What I've learned is that if, if, if them knowing is going to distract them and take them off their destiny, I, it is best for me to take it to prayer. If it's going to throw them off their destiny, then now, then I become the whisperer. A whisperer separates chief friends. Are you hearing me? If it's going to knock them off their purpose, I become the whisperer. I, I become the one being used of the enemy. Oh, I could go into a lot of places, but I, I, I don't have time to, to do that. Lord, help me. Lord Jesus. But the reason the enemy insults some of you, what I was trying to get to the point, the reason the enemy insults some of you is because you're a, a, is because the enemy won't insult anyone unless they're a builder. All right. The enemy, he's trying to insult you. That's why I said I just gave the illustration that if Michelle's a fighter and, and Scott's a builder and there's insults coming their way, it is not necessary that she reveals the insults that's being hurled their way to the builder because it will distract and deter him. What is my point? Nehemiah was, was uh, Tobiah and, and Sambala were trying to take Nehemiah's attention away. They kept hurling the insults and sending word with people on what they were saying. Your, your wall's going to fall, even a fox jumps on it. And then when that didn't work, they said, let's have a meeting. Let's have a meeting. And Nehemiah was just, I can't have a meeting. I'm busy building and I'm busy fighting. I got a sword in one hand and a shovel in the other. I'm too busy to come meet with you, right? The reason is, is that the reason I said that the enemy desires to insult the builder is because he wants to take the builder's attention away from progress. The enemy wants to take the church's attention away from making progress. He wants to take your attention away from your destiny, from where you are supposed to go. Haven't you ever noticed every time you lift up your head and stop building and you start fighting instead of building, you have stalled your progress. You have stalled your destiny. You have put off, my, my grandpa used to say, don't ever put off till tomorrow what you can do today. In other words, going to work until we can't work no more in the dark. Right? Because when you work on the farm, you work until you can't work no more. When the sun had finally set and it was all gone and we couldn't do no more work outside, then I got to quit. And from the moment that the rooster crowed and, the, and day broke up over the hill, we started working. Why? Because you get as much as you can. 
and you can't stop and you can't let what people are saying or doing keep you from doing the work. And so Nehemiah said, no, I don't have time to meet with you. You don't have anything to say. Some of you need to stop trying to meet with your enemies and to try to get a truce and just mark them as an enemy and recognize who they are and whose they are, recognize who you are and whose you are, and just remain about the Father's business. If you're a builder, then build. And if you're a fighter, then fight. Amen. Because I may be burnt, but I'm building. See, Nehemiah had a different outlook. He said, hey, my my, my stones may be burnt, but I'm still going to use them because right now it's all that I have. It's what I have to work with. And that, that it may look like I'm surrounded by a mess. It may look like I'm standing in the midst of defeat, but I'm really surrounded by, by him. I'm, I'm, I'm really surrounded by, by Almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for surrounding me. Hallelujah. See, what I've learned is sometimes you and I, we have to just stand in the middle of today surrounded by, by yesterday's mess and praise God for tomorrow's promise. That's really what Nehemiah was doing. He, he, Nehemiah was really saying, I'm going to stand in the middle of today surrounded by, by all of yesterday's mess. Because how many of you know that sometimes we're standing right in the middle of things that were wrong yesterday? It's not really any better. We might have made a little advancement. And so he's saying, I'm standing right in the middle of yesterday's mess, and yet I'm going to praise him for tomorrow's promise. That's why Nehemiah said, I don't have time to meet with you, and I don't have time to listen to the whispers of anybody that you're sending my way because I'm standing in tomorrow's promise. So I will praise him anyway. See, what, what I know that Nehemiah was doing, the reason that he had set the, the, the families up at the low points of the wall was because he said, those are the areas of weaknesses. These, and we're going to maintain our focus and we're going to have some people building and we're going to have some people fighting. And he was maintaining the attitude that we're going we're gonna to be able to praise God for tomorrow's promise. Because see, what he understood about praise and what you and I need to understand about praise is that every time you praise God under pressure, you are fortifying yourself. Every time that you are praising God, even when you are in the midst of pressure, when you were, when it looks like you're surrounded and you'll sing a song like, but I'm surrounded by you, you are fortifying yourself. It means what that means is you are loosing yourself from everything that's trying to attach itself to you. There's a lot of other definitions I could give you for fortifying, but this was one that I, my preference. Because when I praise God, it means I am loosing myself from that thing that is trying to attach itself to me that gets me to discount and disbelieve the promise. Fortifying isn't just about building a wall of protection around you. No, because how many of you know that sometimes you can be, have a wall of protection around you, but the enemy is sometimes inside? That's why when we did the whole series on praise some time ago, we talked a little bit about fortifying. It is loosing yourself from that thing that is trying to attach itself to you. That's why when, when you are dealing with a really intense battle, if there's something that you and I are struggling with in our life, our body, whatever, our family, whatever, addiction of any kind, if you will give and lift up a voice of praise in the middle of it, that's what God will use to disconnect you from that thing that does not belong to you. It's, it's, he, is, he is doing the work to try to loose yourself from it. Hallelujah. And so that's why you and I have got to give praise. That's why Nehemiah and, 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 and these people, they would give God praise while they were building and while they were battling. They were going to give God some praise even in the midst of it because they're going to fortify. They're going to loose themselves from that thing that's trying to attach them, it, it, itself to them. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because what the enemy really wants to do is try to mess with your hope and make us believe that, 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 that what, we're, what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish is really going to take longer than it really is. Hallelujah. The enemy's trying to attack our hope. Amen. When, when, when they called yesterday about what was happening over at the school, I just, my heart sunk all over again. The thieves breaking in and the broad daylight and stealing things that tens of thousands of dollars of stuff. Are you hearing me? Wire and pipe and loading up their pickups or whatever they're loading up, right? You know, it breaks my heart. And then I realized, oh, God. Started getting my attention, started making me discouraged, right? And yet we have to fortify ourselves. It may look like we're surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That thief is going to get his. I almost announced his name this morning, but I'll spare him for the moment. But when we release that name and the popo shows up at his door, he just best be ready. Are you hearing me? Because we're going we're gonna to fortify. I'm going to praise God while they're arresting him. I'm going to praise God while he's paying back everything that he stole. Are you hearing me? I'll praise God for every window they ever shattered. I'll praise God. We're going to do that because it's going to, otherwise it will attach itself to us and distract us from vision. Doesn't mean the vision doesn't shift. Doesn't mean the vision doesn't change. Doesn't mean the vision doesn't take on a different scope because those things are already taking place. It just means if we are not careful, we'll allow it to attach itself to us and, and then own us and own our decision making. And you'll make a bad decision in a broke down moment. Hallelujah. We don't want to do that, somebody said. I heard you. God wants you and I to maintain the belief that we're closer than they ever really thought. The only reason we get attacked like that, the only reason that Tobiah and Sambala were trying to attack Nehemiah is because they knew what he was doing was going to work. They, they believed that what he was doing was going to work, even though they tried to intimidate it. See, you got to know that the enemy knows that the direction that you and I are headed, that it's going to work. And so he has to do whatever. The only thing he can do is to get into your mind, to get into your head, to get into your spirit, right? And so you and I've got to have the belief every day we get, today is my day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So I'm going to fortify myself. I'm going to separate myself, right, from that thing that's trying to attach itself to me like a tail, that everywhere I go, it goes. Everywhere, that, that everywhere you go, you keep hearing those voices. Hallelujah. The enemy wants you to hear that. Hallelujah. I want to say something about distractions because I, I, I don't have long uh, about the way that in which the enemy will begin to speak to you and the way in which he'll try to call a meeting and all of those things. I've got to speak to those things because distractions come. How many of you have ever had a distraction in your life? Hallelujah. Distractions come to you and I to keep you and I from getting all kind of traction in our life so that we can stand where we are and have the ability to go to the next level. When, when distractions come, it's intentionally meant to keep you from going to the next level. The, 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 Tobiah and Simbalat were intentionally trying to distract Nehemiah and the people with him to keep them from moving and going any further. So the best way they could distract them is to send whisperers into their life. And then the second way was to try to call a meeting because if I can distract him and I, if he can hear enough of what we're saying, he'll get intimidated, throw up his arms and say, what's the point? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop trying to build. And if I can get him distracted and stop doing what he's doing, he'll stop building so I can distract him enough and keep him from making any progress. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, they said to Nehemiah, come on down here and have a meeting. I think I alluded to that a little bit last week, how people always want to have a meeting. 
churches especially, church people always want to have a meeting about having a meeting about scheduling a meeting. It's so annoying. I will never have a meeting about scheduling another meeting. That's dumb. That's what text and emails for. Are you hearing me? Use the technology that God has given you. I'm thankful, Lord, that you allowed texting and email to come forth. Listen, they wanted to have a meeting about having a meeting. And so he was, they were even trying to get some of his leaders to have a meeting before we meet with Nehemiah. Listen, the enemy comes to bring distraction like that to keep you from making progress. Hallelujah. And so when you and I are doing a great work, this is what's important, especially for in our churches, that when you and I are doing a great work, I can't attend every meeting. I get emails for meetings all the time. I can't go to the ministerial meetings. I can't go to the ones at the food bank. I can't go to the ones for the county offices. I can't go to the small business association meetings. I can't go to all of them. I have to pick and choose the ones that I believe is important for where I'm at right now. And sometimes that changes over the course of time. Some of you need to remember you can't be everything to everyone. And you need to focus on what is the most important for your destiny right now. That may change in a month or two or four months from now. But stop trying to be everything for everyone, even in your home, in your marriage, for your church. Amen. You need to either be a builder or you need to be a fighter, but stop trying to be the builder and the fighter at the same time. Share some responsibility and watch how you'll maintain and get a better peace in life. Is anybody hearing me? That's why sometimes I can't be here even when I need to be here. You need to get used to me not being here because sometimes I have to put on the hat as a fighter and sometimes I have to put on the hat as a builder. Hallelujah. Scott has to go do with one thing. Michelle might have to go deal with another because he might be building and she might be fighting. It's nice to do things together. Amen. Yeah, it is. But sometimes you have to go on separate assignments to accomplish and, and further the destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody's hearing me today. Glory to God. Nehemiah refused to be distracted. Listen, anytime, this is what we learned from Nehemiah. Read through the rest of this chapter. Anytime Tobiah, Zimbalat sent a distraction, Nehemiah ignored it. What does that mean to you? Anytime a distraction comes, ignore it. Anytime something happens that we've covered already that comes as a distraction in your life, it comes to take your traction. Same way when, as winter comes. Y'all going to get some good tires, I hope, because if not, it, it, you lose traction. You're not able to get where you need to go. Oh, hallelujah, right? The enemy comes to help to cause you to lose traction, to keep you from getting to your destination. So anytime a distraction comes, I don't care if it's a whisperer, a friend of a friend of a friend, a family member, someone that, that you thought loved you dearly, or someone who wants to hold a meeting, right? You need to discount it as a, as a distraction and give it no mind. Give it no mind. You need to ignore that thing. Don't respond to it. That's why people get in their Facebook fights. I don't have time. I don't know how some of y'all do it. I really don't. I, I don't know how you can do all that you do and you're, you're, you're a, a troll on Facebook fighting because I don't have time to fight my own fights. Are you hearing me, right? You need to recognize some of those traps on Facebook. It is what it is. It's a distraction. It's to get you to waste time. It's to get you all riled up and to cause you to lose your peace for just that reason. Amen. That's the new war that we're in. See, we're not building a wall around our church. What we're trying to do is build a church that's a hospital for people that can help people. And so that's why what I'm getting to is there are some of you, you are called to be the builders. 
to help build this thing. And then some of you are fighters. And so we need the builders to build and we need the fighters to fight. Is somebody hearing me? I'm not interested in building a wall around this thing that people can't get in. Walls are for, for borders and, and, and old cities and borders are for states and, and communities. What we are trying to build is a, is a spiritual hospital for people. And so in order to build a spiritual hospital, we need builders and we need fighters. You need, you need both. If we have all builders, we have nobody to fight the enemy with. If we have all fighters and we got nobody to build, oh, hallelujah. And everybody is assigned to being one of those. That's why people say, oh, I'm not called that. You're called to one of them. Yes, you are. Our job is to help you figure that out and help you be a part of something that if you're not building people and if you're not building the kingdom, then you are fighting and praying and, and earnestly praying on our behalf, on behalf of what God's trying to do. And anything that is coming to bring a, come as a distraction, you need to begin to ignore in your life. Hallelujah. I'm going to ignore it. And so Nehemiah was ignoring uh, the things that they, were, that they were saying and the things that they were doing. But then the question becomes, I, I was thinking about this. When do I ignore then and when do I fight? So I think about things like that. If you're Nehemiah and you're, and you're navigating this in the heat of the moment, so, so some people are builders, some people are fighters, I need to ignore it if it's a distraction, but we find ourselves in a dilemma. When do I ignore it and then when do I fight? This is the difference that I found in the text. That when it, when it elevates from a place of a distraction to a place where it starts to discourage you emotionally or it comes to insult you. Anything that comes to, 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 to discourage you, to insult you, you need to recognize those are the things, friends, that you have to absolutely ignore. Because I was thinking back over the, the promises of God. Pastor Michelle, do you realize that God never promised to protect my feelings? How many have ever gotten your feelings hurt? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there are some people that they hurt your feelings, they don't care. And that used to bother me until I really looked and understood the Word of God where none of the promises of God are ever really speaking about my feelings. Because that's the part of me that he says has to die. In other words, God's saying it's not important for you to understand, for, for you to, to let things hurt you that people say. This is the difference I'm trying to establish to you. You ignore the things, ignore the things that, that come to discourage you emotionally, to come to insult you, right? Ignore those things because, hey, God didn't promise to protect my feelings, all right? This is why you need to realize, I, I learned this, people that are sensitive and worried about your feelings aren't, aren't fit to be leaders. People that wear their feelings on their sleeves, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat up nobody because I'm, I'm going to get to the point I need to get to. But when, when people always wear their feelings on the sleeves and you got to constantly encourage them, come on. Uh, wives, if you, have to, if you have to like encourage your husband just to put his pants on in the morning, he ain't no leader. Are you hearing me? 
sometimes we have to build up our husbands' wives, yeah, but yeah, also sometimes husbands have to build up their wives. But there are some men I've seen that you have to build them up and encourage them every step of the way. That's not a leader. Men, we have to be leaders, all right, in every aspect of life. Listen, what, what you have to realize is God is not concerned about your feelings and them getting hurt as far as what you're hearing. Those are the things God needs you and I to just ignore. Notice Nehemiah didn't address it. He didn't let it take seed. He just... People's opinions, Tobiah, Sambalat's opinions, it wasn't taking root. He didn't cringe. He didn't respond. He didn't send back word. He just said nothing. You and I need to learn to let go of the things that people are saying about us because we're about building in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And so if we're going to lead, God, God, you need to understand that, that, that as, a, as a leader in this life, that people are going to hurt us. And if it's going to bother you that much, you better learn to toughen up now or else you're not going to be able to lead in life. All right, I can't let what people say about me always bother me. It just, you just can't. You just got to keep going. Hallelujah. God isn't concerned about protecting my feelings because he asked me to be dead to them anyway. That's what he asked in Scripture. He, he, our flesh has to die. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so if you don't worry about your feelings, then anything that isn't attached to that is when we have to make the decision on when to fight. Here, here's the line of, uh, of separation between the two. It is between distractions and disturbances. There's a difference between things that are a distraction and then secondly, the things that are a disturbance. A distraction, you meet it by ignoring it. Because I can distract you and not disturb you. All right? But disturbances are things that come against you to threaten your destiny. That's the difference. There are things that the enemy brings against you and I and that he'll bring against our church that will try to distract and, and, and threaten our destiny. And so anything, uh, let, me, let me put it this way, anything that tries to fight how your story ends, you have to fight. That's what your destiny is, is how your story ends. Anything that tries to threaten how your story ends, see, it. In other words, it doesn't bother me if you don't like me. It doesn't bother me if you talk about me. It doesn't bother me if you didn't like my suit or my tie or my shoes or my lips. It didn't bother me about any of those things. But if you do anything to threaten my destiny and your opinion starts borderlining and coming across as more of something that's trying to threaten my, uh, my destiny in that, that now you've rallied troops and now there's a bunch of people talking, now you're starting to threaten destiny because it's crossing and becoming more of a, uh, uh, more of just a distraction to a disturbance. Are you seeing me? Are you seeing what I'm saying? And so you and I have to be able to recognize the difference in our life. Anything that comes to, to, to change how my story ends is what, I, is, is what, is, is what I'm going to have to fight against. It's, it's what I have to raise my sword over. It means if I'm carrying a shovel and a sword, I might have to lay down my shovel for a moment, let somebody else take the shovel while I, I deal with the sword, all right? I, I said it this way. Sister, can you turn that on for me up there? I said it this way. If you put your lips or your hips on my wall, I'll cut you, right? As we were closing last week, I said it that way. You put your lips or your hips on my wall, I'll cut you. Because now, see, had Sambalat and Tobiah came to Nehemiah to actually do and bring destruction to the wall, now the fighter of Nehemiah is going to come out.
up to this point, he said, I don't have time for you, you meaningless whatever. Because now all you're doing is talking, trying to get me to hold a meeting about having a meeting, about having a meeting. And I don't have time for that, so I'm going to ignore you. You're trying to hurt my feelings. Ignore. No response. That's why some of you, you take the bait every time someone says something to you to hurt your feelings. Do not respond. I'd never respond to some egotistical jerk who thinks that but hurting my feelings is going to make me respond. No, it's not. It's going to make me know what a jerk you really are. And so I'm going to ignore you all the more. If you think I wasn't talking to you, I'm going to totally lock you out now. I've matured over the years. Can you tell? Because what people try to, how many of you know when you're fighting, I know Scott and Michelle, the perfect couple. But if you're ever fighting with someone, how many of you know that there are certain things you say to certain people to get the rise? Uh-huh. Yeah, we can't be good, but maybe we need to recognize, watch this. Maybe you need to recognize that in the course of that relationship, you're not being a builder. That the very thing that you're married to and trying to work on, that maybe today you're trying to be a Nehemiah and you're trying to build, but tomorrow when you do that and you try to push their button and you're trying to get them to say something and respond in a way and you want to see them lose their mind because when they do, then that justifies you losing your Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. What you're really doing in that moment is you're tearing down. You're the Sambalat and the Tobiah of your own wall. Everything that you've tried to build, you're undermining in that moment. Why? Because you're being the, the, you're being the, the, the thing trying to distract your own progress. Are you hearing me? That's why when Jesus said, lay down your, you know, lay, lay down your cross, right? right? Or pick up your cross and follow him. He needs you and I to die to our flesh, meaning that my flesh is so dead, insult me, try. I will not cry if you don't like me, if you don't love me. I had somebody tell me once, I don't love you no more. Did I, I didn't shed a tear. Not one. Did it hurt? Yep. I didn't lose sleep. that's dead I don't need that to exist somebody needs to hear what I'm saying if the people in our circle that we came to love if you're doing anything but building and fighting for what you're building and if you're fighting against what you're building by pushing one another's buttons you are your own symbolic you don't need to look out anywhere else for another enemy it's within right now there are some of us in churches, there are within our own nation. You want to know what's happening to our nation? We are our own Sam Ballots and Tobias. No, no, it's, it's not the other political party. It's not the White House. No, 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 no. You know where the fault lies? I'm going to say this as bold and as honest as I can. The fault is not out there. The fault is not Washington, D.C. or whomever's president. The fault is the church. Because you know what we did? Everything we do in the kingdom, everything I do in the spirit, I, I taught this years ago, Pastor Michelle, you remember, everything that happens in the spirit will parallel in the natural, always. And so what the church did is we started fighting within. We started being our own sand ballots and Tobias. I, I, I'm telling you the truth, it, ha it happened, started happening in the early 90s. When we started turning against ourselves and ridiculing those pastors that were struggling, large ministries collapsing Sam Ballots and Tobias rose up started destroying the church from the inside out 
And so when the church was done turning on one another, guess what we did? We turned on the world. And now we're starting, I'm, I'm telling you though, I'm not saying everybody, I'm telling you there are still people that are trying to build and erect, there are some Nehemiahs. What God is trying to do is course correct this thing. And God's telling the church, I need you to stop destroying what I'm trying to build. Stop destroying your marriages. Stop destroying your own churches. Stop destroying your own country. Recognize that we could be being the Simbala and the Tobiah of our own nation. When God started showing me that, I was like, oh Lord. In other words, when people are hurling insults that we like to respond to that we don't agree with politically, that part of me is dead. I, I don't get to have an opinion there. If I can't find it decisively in the word, I don't get to have an opinion. And unless it's affecting my destiny, the end of my story, I don't fight. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? God is calling you and I to be builders. He's calling you and I to be fighters. You need to recognize the moments where you need to speak and the moments that you need to ignore in your life. That is my challenge to you this week. Do you believe it? There's still more I didn't get to. I want you to start recognizing the places and the opportunities that the enemy brings to you where he's trying to get you to poke someone enough that they respond. Husbands, wives, start telling the people, don't be our, don't be our Tobiah. Start challenging one another. In other words, don't you get me to rear up so that you feel justified when you lose your mind on me. Oh no. When, when your spouse locks down and says nothing, they're, they're being Nehemiah. In fact, to the one that's not, who's getting their buttons pushed, when you're not responding, just say, I'm Nehemiah. I'm Nehemiah. I'm locked up. Instead of being my Tobiah, you could come alongside and help. That's the job of the church. We opened this morning right after Pastor Michelle opened. I said, when one grieves, we all grieve. When one hurts, we all hurt. We're one body, many members. I want you to recognize the builder in you. And I want you to recognize the fighter in you. And when they made those announcements about they need help in this area, this, if you're a builder, get to building. Find a place to build. I don't remember the whole list that they gave you, but Pastor Michelle read it. Mom gave her the list. There's several areas where you can build right now. That's how you build. If you're a fighter, then get to fighting. And what that means is fight to protect what God is trying to do in this place. In this place. And number one, through prayer. Hallelujah. Secondly, that could be mean you're called into leadership. Sometimes you need someone to help hold up your arms. I'm going to stop there. Glory to God. Will you stand to your feet? I told you I wasn't going to preach long. I didn't, did I? Did I? No, it's not. 
happens when you don't use notes. Will you take a moment as we get ready to close and I want you to consider, are you a builder? Are you a fighter? And I want you to consider in this closing moment, are you a... Are you a Simbalad and a Tobiah working against your own destiny? Working against the, your own place of destination? anything I'm doing in my life that's working against where I'm ultimately trying to go, then I'm I don't have to worry about that same ballad or that Tobata. I got one right here that I need to deal with first. I want you to consider that as we close today. And of course, as we close, we're going to pray over you. We're going to pray over your offering and tithe as you give it here and online and pray that God would bless it and multiply it. Even in your giving, that's an area where we could become a same ballot into a Bible. Because our ultimate destiny is that, Lord, I, I, I live in abundance and I'm blessed, but yet if I'm not aiding to my destiny, if, not, if I'm not giving towards my destiny, guess what? My destiny is going bankrupt because I'm not giving to it. Oh man, we could just go on for weeks. So will you consider that today? And I want you to consider above it all what I said last week. We were burnt. And some of us who you are, you are the builders. Some of you are the fighters. Some of you are, every one of us has been through something in life that, that we're a part of the rubble. Like Nehemiah was recovering from the wall. We talked about that last week. Some of us have been through church trauma, family trauma, emotional trauma, whatever it may have been, and we might feel like the rubble that we're being built with, but I don't care if you are the broken piece in the wall. God says you are still able to be used for such a time and such a purpose of this. God didn't need to provide all brand new product. God used the old, burnt, broken pieces to rebuild that wall again. I'm going to tell you, in other words, it don't matter what you've been through, what you've gone through. It doesn't matter your successes or your failures. He said you're still usable. You're still usable and he'll pull you up out of the burnt rubble and rubbish and you have a place in the plans and purposes of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you, Father, that you bring your word in such a way that, that God, it causes me to think and recognize, Lord, him. I want to be a Nehemiah, and Lord, I want to have good results, and Lord, we want to do some building in our lives and in our churches and in our nation, but God, have I been a Simbalat? God, have I been a Tobiah? All while trying to be the Nehemiah. So Father, I pray today that you would open our minds, our hearts, our lives. Help us, O oh God, that we would recognize the areas of our lives are over we fought and God even in the context of our marriages and our relationships God help us to recognize when we start be being risen up God the sin battle and the Tobiah in us starts raising up Lord when we do anything that would would hinder our destiny I pray in the name of Jesus God today that you would keep this word fresh in our minds that Lord you'll bring it back to our memory and that God will just keep building 
and fighting to our destiny. And that God will recognize the difference between distractions and disturbances and knowing when to respond. Father, as we leave this place today, we're going to begin our week. And God, I pray that that the storms may come. Situations may wail against us. Raise up the Nehemiah in us. Can have absolute silence when the enemies are surrounding us. And raise up the Nehemiah in us, O God, that will fight when it's time to absolutely fight. God, go before us. I pray favor and blessing upon the week ahead for every person in this room and online in the name of Jesus. God, we cover in prayer every family that's lost a loved one from this place today. God, we cover every person affected this week by grief and loss in the name of Jesus. We, we cover right now every person that's affected by sickness and disease in this place, COVID-19, God, and any other virus that God is circulating. God, we pray over our congregation. God, we pray over those sick. We pray over those grieving. And Father, I thank you that you go before them. Holy Spirit, that you'll minister to them. Holy Spirit, that you will comfort them in the name of Jesus. And that God, in this place today, that we will leave this place knowing that we have a word that I, I'm a fighter and I'm a builder and I choose to be a Nehemiah. I, I, when I leave here today, God, I lay down my symbolic. I lay down my Tobiah. It may have been who I was, but it's not going to be who I'm going to keep being because I'm no longer going to hinder my own destiny. God, I give you the thanks and I give you the praise for this and everything that you're doing. And I praise and I bless you, God, for how you will bless and multiply this offering back into the lives of people. Bring increase to them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.